Hello everyone, I want to first state, um, my thoughts on the type of porn categories I want to do. Circle jerk. Group masturbation among men, usually sitting in somewhat of a circle formation. Daisy chain. Group of participants perform cunnilingus or fellatio on each other in a circular formation, permitting permitting each participant to both give and receive oral sex simultaneously. Gangbang. A number of people performing sex acts on one person, either in turn or at the same time. Threesome or three-way, three people all having sexual relations, not necessarily simultaneously, not be confused with menage a trois, literally household of three. Foursome or four-way, sex between four people, not to be confused with menage a quatre, literally household of four. Double penetration, when a person is entered or penetrated in the vagina and slash her anus by two people at the same time. This is usually when one person enters the anus while another enters the vagina. However, it also refers to two simultaneous penetrations in the same orifice. Spenturian, a term used by Suetonius to describe sexual group practices indulged in by the Emperor Tiberius or Capri. Monogamous group sex or same room sex, also known as soft swapping. Couples engaging in sexual activity in the same room but in separate pairs without any swapping of partners or any other major sexual activity between couples. Those are the porn genres I want to do. And I want to do this porn genre too. Group masturbation among women. LGBTQI plus genderless and the non-binary usually sitting in somewhat of a circle formation. That too. I want to do um, swinger party slash gathering porn category, porn genre. I want to do the orgy porn category, porn genre. I want to do the daisy chain porn category, porn genre. I want to do the non-monogamous sex porn category, porn genre. I want to do the sex club porn category, porn genre. I want to do the sex party porn category, porn genre. I want to do the group sex porn category, porn genre. I really enjoy being honest and thank you all for understanding that. So let me talk about this. Here are the porn genres I want to do. Foreplay, non-penetrative sex, erotic massaging, dry humping, foot jobs, hand jobs, irumatio, intercrural sex, intergluteal sex, mammary intercourse, stimulation of nipples, sumata, tribadism, fraught, fingering, 
Oral sex, mutual masturbation, penetrative sex, sexual intercourse, anal sex, oral sex, analingus, cunnilingus, fellatio, masturbation, fingering, anal masturbation, fisting, autoeroticism, sex toys, facials, group sex, vanilla sex, unconventional sex, sexual roleplay, bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, erotic humiliation, sadism and masochism, erotic spankings, bondage positions, BDSM equipment, sexual fetishism, sexual slang, boot cakes, circle jerks, cream pies, cum shots, cyber sex, felching, gangbangs, pompour, quickies, snowballing, tea bags, Venus butterfly, uh, aerogenous zones, touch, sexual arousal, smells, perfume, cologne, sight, romantic settings, nudity, sounds, moaning, dirty talk, porn talk, flirty talk, sexy talk. Related, aphrodisiacs, libido, sexual fantasies, sexual stimulation, sexual arousals, erections, clitoral erections, uh, vaginal lubrications, nipple erections, orgasms, female ejaculations, male ejaculations, LGBTQI plus ejaculations, non-binary genderless ejaculations, uh... I don't mind cock and ball as long as it doesn't hurt. I don't want it to hurt to the point where I can't use it. So if I can find a way to do it without, or wax play, if those things can be done and it doesn't hurt me badly to the point where I can't function well ever again, then I don't want to do that stuff. But if I can function well every time, I'm all for it. Now... For me, yeah, those are the porn categories I want to do. Now, here's the tricky part. Could I ever do bareback sex in porn? Hmm. got to think about that. My, and I would say as I'm thinking about it, I want to have some kind of birth control to be utilized. Even if it's not always a condom, like if we could have effective birth control methods, whatever the case may be, even if it's not a condom, then it would look like I have bareback sex, but we took something. So I would put a disclaimer, hey, I took something, they took something, and we're good to go. So if I could have like, I'm not putting myself in a bad situation. I'm not saying that I'm saying that there's more than one way to have birth control. For example, in the world of porn, um, let me talk about that. For example, um, there is birth control pills. Um, There's birth control shots. There's IUDs, there's male condoms, of course, there's uh, spermicide, there's there's diaphragms, there's uh, 
There's cervical caps. There's female condoms, birth control sponges, birth control patches. Um... Then there's vaginal rings. There's vasectomies. I'm definitely the vasectomy one. Birth control implants. And then there's tubal litigation. So if let's say my co-stars, they don't use condoms, but they do have effective ways of preventing pregnancies and disease in them all for it. So let's say I did have bareback sex on camera. It would be because they found a, you know, over 91% or over 99% success rate of preventing pregnancy. So I would do that. And I'll make sure there's a disclaimer in the videos. So people are like, oh my God, you're putting yourself at risk. And like, no, this is the birth control method we chose. And then we'll name one of those that we talked about, that I just talked to you about. Or um, we would say, hey, there, they, before this scene was shot, there's multiple forms of birth control methods that we did that's quite effective. And, you know, we're very, we, we know we, there won't be any diseases or pregnancy because of this. So in porn, there's multiple forms like PrEP and PEP. I'd be, I'm open to, the, to using those too. So, and I'm definitely into condoms, you know, absolutely. Uh, so I would never have any type of sex without some kind of birth control um, at all. I believe in uh, birth control methods and making sure they're effective at preventing pregnancies and STDs. Especially in, in the 90 percentiles, those are the ones that I'll really be using. So, the prevention of unwanted pregnancies and um, unwanted diseases, unwanted infections, that would be our thing. Because sometimes in porn, you see a lot of bareback sex, but they don't. But the question is what birth control methods were used? How do they keep themselves away from, you know, illnesses or. I wanted children that, you know, that they could make, but, you know, thankfully they don't. And that's what I would do. So could I have bareback sex on camera? If there was a way that I could, you know, have something injected into me that's safe or swallow a pill that's safe or some kind of medication where... I took it, so when I do this scene, I know that I won't get a disease or, you know, make unwanted offspring, then I could, because the disclaimer would be, I took something. Either way, I took something. I care for myself. But would I constantly bear back? Mm-mm. Somebody I'm really, really comfortable with, but I would still have to, you know, take something each time with them. I wouldn't just get do that with everybody. And so I would be very careful, you know, with that. I would do my best not to bear back. You know, I would do my best. But, you know, if, if I'm with a company 
and they're good people. And they're like, some co-stars don't use condoms. I'd be like, okay, then what are the other ways we could prevent? Da, 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 da. I wouldn't make it a habit to constantly bear back, you know. For the most part, I mean, I would go for using condoms all the time, you know, or even dental dams to the best of my ability. But, you know, as long as there, as long as there's a proven way that we could, um, you know, take something medically or use any kind of birth control, then um, sure. I know that's a controversial one. It's tough for me. Sometimes I got to repeat it because like, it doesn't make sense to me. But I'm into birth control, which is the act of preventing pregnancy. And I'm into all methods that includes medications, procedures, devices, behaviors, as long as they're 90 percent um, percentile. You know, of you know, high chances that I won't catch any diseases, that'll be great. Or infections, that'll be great. So as long as myself and all my co-stars, we pick at least one birth control method that is extremely effective, then we're good to go, even if there's no condoms used. So bareback wouldn't be something that I would be constantly living in fear of because, you know, I'm a birth control method person. My co-stars, they would, they would be the same way. At least one or multiple. I prefer at least one. But if they want to go for like, well, let's do multiple birth control methods. I'm game. I'm all for it. Um, okay. So what other porn categories would I... Um, I would say we can do the porn categories of adult video games, adult sex tourism, strictly and only, erotica, pornography, prostitution, sex museum, sex shop, sex toys, vibrator, sex doll, ship clubs, we'll do those, I'm gonna do those porn categories, and, um, porn genres if you you will and um what other porn categories what I do. Okay. Now it's time for me to talk about, okay, which positions exactly what I do towards the porn categories and porn genres. Here we go. Wow. I would do receiving partner on top sex positions, sitting and kneeling sex positions, standing sex position. Positions, I would do anal sex positions. I would do the hard to do, less common sex positions that you see in porn, but it's a lot of work to do it in real life. Using furniture or special apparatus, I would do those type of sex acts. 
Uh, I would do the sex positions to promote or prevent con- conception. I would be doing that those type of sex positions. I would do the sex positions during pregnancy. Yeah, I want to do the pregnancy sex positions. I would do the oral sex positions, which means fellatio, sitting, standing, lying, L-Y-I-N-G, cunnilingus, um, the 69, the analingus, the fisting, the shocker, and the fingering. I would do the mutual masturbation, the dry humping, the mammarina course foot job, hand job of fingering, dry humping, grinding, bumping, orgasm control, auxiliary intercourse, backpiping, um, orgasmic meditation, humping, genital genital rubbing, docking, tribadism, tribing, frot, frottage, interfemoral sex, intercrural sex. I'll be doing that. And of course, I'll be doing the Group sex positions, you know, threesomes, foursomes, pulling a train, multiple penetration, the sex toys, all the sex toys, pretty much. Some of these I repeat, but I'm just trying to make sure that I remember me saying it. Because sometimes when I do episodes, I'm like, did I say everything I need to say? Okay, I would do... Non-penetrative sex positions, foreplay positions. Of course, I do foreplay. I would do doggy style positions. I would do missionary positions. I would do the spooning positions, of course. Um, I would do the reverse receiving partner on top positions too. I'll do the lying and then the lying sex positions. I'll do the penetrative from behind positions. I'll do the coital alignment technique positions. I'll do the penetrating partner on top with front entry and back entry sex positions. I really love having fun with this. Of course, I'll have vaginal intercourse, vaginal penetration positions. Um, And, you know, the... There are those vibrators, the use of fingers or hands, solo masturbation. I would do all those porn genres too. Mm. I would do the butterfly position. I would do the sideways sex position. I would do. I would do the rear penetration position where I'm entering um, them vaginally and anally. The back door positions, I would do that. I would really do the spoon sex position. It's a sexual position and a cuddling, cuddling technique. I would definitely do that. 
the lap dance position. I would do the sex position. I would do those. I would do those. Okay, I pretty much know. So let me discuss what I really want to talk to y'all about even more. Here are the porn companies that I'm open to um, that I'm open to having my content on and that is MindGeek, Larry Flint Publications, Playboy Enterprises, uh, Vivid Entertainment, Paul Raymond Publishing, ABN Media Network, Core Magazine, WGC, Z Holdings, Hammy Media Limited, Private Media Group, Playboy Enterprises. Those, because to be honest with myself, Of course, I would be open to have my content featured on Reality King's Digital Playground, my dirty hobby website. Um, Because I had to be honest with myself. In private media group, I would want to be, I don't mind my content being featured on there, including X Hamster, X Videos, uh... Let me see here. I don't mind being featured on those sites because I recognize that I've seen ethical porn actually be featured on the top mainstream porn sites I have. Um, And so it's unrealistic to think that everything you do with these ethical porn companies that it won't be featured on mainstream porn companies. There's plenty of mainstream porn companies that are ethical. So I'm not creating a distinction because mainstream or not, there are comp- porn companies that are extremely ethical, which is amazing. So I had to think about it. It, it, it Even if you try to get rid of all the videos, you can't because it's too much. It's too much. There's so many videos out there It'll be too much to constantly pay to have illegally take them off. I'm just like, ugh. So I don't mind my ethical sex on camera being featured on those sites because those sites, that needs to be featured more on those sites because then more people will be in demand for the type of sex I have on camera. Like, wow, Tonio's a sensitive lover. Tonio's a hospitable lover. Tonio's a caring lover, concerned lover, compassionate lover, a empathetic lover, a sympathetic lover. Antonio's a neighborly type of lover, so we want more of that on your sites. And they would have to oblige because if it's more on that site, that's more money for them. And then, you know, that's a tough, you know, the tough thing is, you know, the runtime royalty thing. So that's why I really want to create my own entity where I can always pay myself, but you got to start somewhere. So it's, it's a tough thing when you're a public figure 
that every content that talks about you or feature you, you don't get paid. And so every public figure goes through that, whether they do porn or not. Some, you know, for me, as long as I make enough money, then I'm okay with the fact that, you know, I don't mind my content um, being out there, even if I don't get paid, comes to certain sites. Because for me, I do it more for positive, you know, for positive um, influence. Meaning, I want wisdom impartation um, and wisdom impact to be the biggest reason why I'm doing these sex videos. Because so many people can experience sexual healing, sexual restoration, sexual uh, enlightenment, um, and sexual liberation from sexual wounds of the body and soul by them watching me have sex on camera. So I'm not a money-hungry person. I am financially wise, and I'm economically sound, of course. But I recognize that when you do videos, even if you're a public figure and you don't do porn, every video about you or talks about you, you don't always make money. And porn is a little more complicated because it involves your nude flesh. So for me, how I would handle it, it's not easy, but the way I would handle it is like, you know, hey, I know that my content will sexually change somebody's life for completely the better. And that's why I want to start my own entity too. I would shoot with mainstream companies that are have ethical practices. So the money thing wouldn't really be a concern because that's a big part of being ethical is their economic justice to porn performers, right? So I would pick and choose who I want to work with and if there's a way that, you know, I, could, I would say, look, I don't mind not getting paid when it comes to the, um, you know, some sites that, you know, it's out there, but you don't make any money. I would have side hustles that can compensate for that. Like, hey, I got these side hustles, so I don't mind that. But I would definitely try to find this company and say, hey, can I get something for that? You know what I mean? Um, I would do my best. That's all I can say. I would do my best to try to get something you know, whether it's regular or monthly, you know, I would do my best. At the same time, that's a tricky issue. It's a tricky issue because, you know, in the industry, they talk more about economic justice. So I would do my best to find every site that features my content, whether it's a top site or not, and try to say, hey, that's me. I want to be able to make money from this you know, fair pay, even with that. And I will also try to um, have fair wages. So let's say they said no, I would rely on my side hustles or 
try to go, you know, just rely on my side hustles because it would be hard to sue all of them because that's a lot. That's taxing. So, um, I'm just, I've been think, thoughtful about this. It's not an easy issue. I was just doing my best. But I would say, hey, well, you know, at least the viewers, they're getting something out of it. And so I would say to all those viewers on those sites, they can, I could, I could, I could have them pay me. Like, okay, come to these adult content sites that I'm doing. And hey, you know, if you see me on these top sites, you can pay me as your way of saying thank you to me. Like, well, you know, I would have that, I would have that as an option where, hey, if you see these sites and you really like what you see, hey, you can pay me for just being on those sites. That could be my extra income so I could find a way around. I'm still making regular money from y'all. Hey, I saw you on Xhams. I saw you on RedTube. I saw you on TubeAid. I saw you on Naughty America. Oh my God. I'm like, all right, I'll use that to my leverage. Like, you really like what you see? Hey, here's a special fee. You want these performances and you like, you know, my content on there and the content I do here? Just pay up. So I would be creative and how can I make money from all these sites that feature me? Even if they don't directly pay me, I'll have the fans who go in there, they pay me. So with porn, you got to be creative. I'm just, I just got to think. Some people don't think. And I know Pornhub is controversial. Because any porn you do, more than there's a high likelihood, high probability that what your feature is on there. And I know they've been accused of some, you know, underage concerns. And um, hopefully, my content can inspire them to be more sensitive to that. So, you know, the fans be like, hey, this is all ethical. We want this more. So if my content's on a Pornhub, maybe that can make more of the viewers sensitive. So over time, there would be like no underage stuff at all. Um, yeah, I'm just very sensitive to how people are depicted. You know, people being of age, people being legal. So if my stuff's on Pornhub, I won't be... A, you know, I won't be so picky in the concept of, well, this can inspire the viewers to make sure that no underage is on there. Because I think that those sites have what it takes to influence people's sex lives for the better. Because some people actually find a, a way to be healthy sexually through that. But I know that with my content, it'll be much more common. So there's some sites that are definitely controversial, have their, you know, their legal con- concerns. And for myself, I would be like, you know, that's why we need more ethical sex on camera. Because if you have more ethical sex on camera, if you have more... Uh, disclaimers that talks about what is being done or not being done 
then that can inspire more viewers and more companies to go, okay, we really need to tighten up with this, these legal concerns because if they want more ethical sex and you see all these disclaimers, like, okay, we can still be a business, but we got to show more care for and about when it comes to people. Um, so that would be an effective way. So I don't mind it being on Pornhub as long as it leads to all that, as long as there's a way you can change from the inside out, be like, okay, let's just put more humanity to the sex. Because that can attract more people. Um, And what I would do sexually would never be a middle finger to abuse, trauma, victimization survivors. It would never harm any sexual trauma, physical trauma survivors at all. It would never harm any... um, violent survivors or emotional trauma or psychological manipulation slash emotional manipulation survivors at all. It would never harm any cult survivors because everything I would do would be an ode to them. And, you know, it would be, hey, I'm on these feminist porn sites, these mainstream sites, ethical porn sites, sex positive sites, but everybody's being treated well in terms of the flesh and the spirit. No one's triggers are dishonored. Um, No one is being stimulated with traumatic flashbacks. There's no hyperventilance. There's no acute stress reactions. So I always mean well, even when it comes to the sex, like I would just wanna really love people. Even with sex, I wanna provide uh, the love of people. Um, what other porn companies would I would love to be open to? Open does not mean I work with all of them. It just means I'm considering it. It's a consideration. You know, because like, hmm. Let me, you know, get to know these people, figure out what they're all about. And I don't have to be mean or nasty if it don't work out or do, or maybe not right now, or I will. It depends on how all this works. So, okay, I'm open to working with AbbyWinters.com, Active Duty, Adam and Eve, Anabolic Video, Athletic Model Guild, Bang Bros, Beat. U-H-S-E-A-G, Bell Emmy, Black Spark Productions, Brazzers, Brassel, uh Cross, Corbin Fisher, Cult Studio Group, Color Climax Corporations, Cocky Boys, Copper Video, Coke Corporation, Club Jenna, Sign Magic, Sazzle Film, Caballero Home Video, uh, Devil's Film, Diabolic Video, Digital Playground, Diva Futura, Dogma, Elegant Angel, Hero Cream, Evil Angel, Extreme Associates, Falcon Studios, Flava, Flava Works, French Twinks, Groupie Productions, Hustler Video, Hot Meal, Homegrown Video, Hakuta Corporations, HP, um, Zero Tolerance Entertainment, Wicked Pictures, William Higgins, Wands Factory, VCA Pictures, Vivid Entertainment, Vixen, Voyeur Media, 10 Broadcast. Casting, Third Degree Films, Trigger Films, Treasure Island Media, Titan Media, Third World Media, Third Degree Films. Ten Broadcasting, I said that. 
sssh.com, Soft and Demand, Smash Pictures, Sin City, Shane's World Studios, Shine, Sean Cody, The Score Group, SN Number One Style, Reality Kings, Red Hot, Red Light District Video, Ragin Stall- Stallion Studios, Pink White Productions, Pink Visual, Playboy, Private Media Group. It says Pussy Power, P-Z-Z-Y, that's what they call themselves. Naughty America, New Sensations, Nin Works, Nava Studios, Mantra Films, Mark Dorsal, Moody's, Mofos, Model Media, Larry Flint Publications, Lucas Entertainment, Kink.com, Kooky Incorporated, uh, Jewish Jordan Video, John Thompson Productions, JM Productions, Jill Kelly Productions, Jane, Gene Daniel Cardinat, Innocent Pictures, Hmm. Okay, let me make sure. Adult Film Database. Internet Adult Film Database again. Says Innocent Pictures. Okay. Live Jasmine. Men.com. Penthouse. Nava Studios. New Sensations. Okay. Uh, Red Tube. Uh, VCA Pictures. Xtube. XN. XNXX. X Videos You Porn. X Hamster, Wicked Pictures, Wines Factory. Uh, Spankwire, I remember that one. Pornhub, yeah. Um, XNXX, so Porn MD. Next to, because you know, some people, you know, it's defunct. Some people would like to go, you know, what's the best way to put it? Some people would say, hey, they should bring X2 back. Look at Antonio. Something like that. You know what I mean? Third degree. So, um, yeah. And I would never work with any company that was in favor of showcasing, you know, crime and promoting violence and promoting abuse, promoting trauma, promoting victimization. Hell no. Even if they weren't a poor couple, I would never want to do anything with any of those entities. So I'm very sensitive to that. So... That's definitely something that I absolutely do care about. Um,
so there's more that I definitely want to share with you all. The foreign companies that I'm interested in are, you know, are ex-confessions, um, less cinema, And El Cinema. Okay. And the other ones I'm open to are Indie Porn Revolution, Balesa, Bright Desire, Pink Label.TV, Frolic Me, uh, Dipsy. I said Bright Desire. I did. Okay. Um, the other ones I'm interested in are... I said uh, kink.com. Okay, I already said that. Make Love Not Porn. SSSH. I Feel Myself. Light Southern. Quinn. Sounds of Pleasure. Uh... So, I want to now do the articles that I'm really excited to do to talk to you all about. So, it says, by Sebastian Zulk, January 10, 2016, 11 ways to tell if your sex partner's body positive. As fellow fashion beauty writer Amanda Richards noted in her piece, The One Way to Tell If You're Having Body Positive Sex, there's arguably no right or wrong way to have sex, nor is it possible for me to tell another human how they can have body positive sex. Of course, ethical sex on and off camera is always the excellent sex to have. And I'm, and by the way, I want to do the body positive sex porn category slash porn genre. I really want to showcase that. And then it says, truthfully, that all depends on how each participant feels about themselves and where they are on their own journey to body positivity. When you feel full of self love, pun intended, <laughs> it could be easier to enjoy your body and the bodies of others as well as communicate your needs and wants in the bedroom, any other sexual setting that you're in. Without including two or more people who are feeling themselves, pun intended again, it's not likely that the sex that will follow is going to feel very body positive. And you got to be feeling others when it comes to body positive sex too, y'all. And then he, he says, in my years of having sex while body negative, mm, that was my personal experience due to sexual trauma, sadly as well as shacking up with humans who had learned to love themselves, respect the bodies of others. Mm, I really resonate with that. I learned just how far body positive attitude can go in the bedroom and all the other sexual settings, too. Mm, that's heartfelt for me. 
When your partners follow suit, loving their bodies and knowing how to be positive toward yours, good things will always follow. I think it's important as a body positive person and human worthy of great sex to explore the bodies of those who feel similar to you regarding body image and explore your own body too, of course. So here's some ways to tell if your sexual partner, sexual partners are body positive. By the way, this is musicality to my soul. Number one, they keep the lights on. And then the writer says, most of my sexual partners in the past were to have sex with the lights off and would sometimes shy away from doing it if the room was well lit from the day sunshine. I completely sympathize since I was definitely a lights out person during my early sexual encounters. However, since growing up becoming more at peace with my body, I prefer to see all the sexy acts with at least some dim lighting or a candle. I can confess a lot of my sexual encounters were lights off and a lot of them were lights on. And because of, you know, the body negativity I was taught to have due to the sexual abusers, um, I can honestly say that I don't mind lights off sex. I'll do it here and there, but most of the sex I want to have, I do want dim lighting and, and or a candle myself. That would be me. Number two, they're comfortable with their new body. The author says, When I was younger, my sex life was filled with half-colored earnestness and efforts to conceal my belly. Those things often acted as obstacles for my personal enjoyment in the bedroom. That's when that's where the author would have sex. So, as I was too occupied with my anxieties about my tummy slipping out from my shirt to be able to relax without fear of showing my body distracting me with my partner feeling just as comfortable about their own body where we'd enjoy each other without being hindered by loose boob or stomach pause i had sexual performance anxiety and body negativity for years due to the sexual abusers giving me those issues um and so i struggled with um sexual enjoyment, bodily enjoyment, myself, others for years, you know, my partners, there was never completely 100% satisfying sex because of those things. But now when it comes to my sex life now, full sexual enjoyment of self and each other, uh, full bodily enjoyment of self and each other, things, you know, the sexual depression, the bodily depression are all gone. So I don't try to hide anything when it comes to my body or how I look anymore. I no longer get worried sexually or physically. And that's why on, on camera, I'm that free with myself. Um, I don't worry about the faces or the exclamations anymore. I'm totally free. <sighs> so yes, I want to keep the lights on during sex and I am comfortable with my nude body and my sexuality. And 
I am comfortable with the new bodies of my sex partners as well, and I'm comfortable with their sex and sexuality too. I am fully comfortable with our sexual performances as well. Okay, number three, they embrace unflattering positions and tummy rolls. Some of the most satisfying positions for you might be ones that include lying on your side, tummy rolls, or dangling breasts in full view. When your partner doesn't shy away from those positions, you know they're into their body, not likely to stop giving or receiving pleasure because of an unflattering pose. For me, dangling or rolls or unflattering, I don't look at my body and my partner's bodies that way on camera, off camera. Look at it as masterpiece rolls, masterpiece breasts, masterpiece pose. Everything about myself and my partners are all a masterpiece. So the sexual fetishes without fetishization I have for my partners are, wow, I have a masterpiece buttocks fetish, a masterpiece breast fetish, a masterpiece pecs fetish, a masterpiece triceps biceps fetish, a masterpiece foot, toe, calf fetishes, uh, masterpiece legs, masterpiece arms, masterpiece stomachs, masterpiece backs, masterpiece uh, ribs, masterpiece sides, masterpiece necks, masterpiece shoulders, masterpiece elbows, masterpiece fingers, and masterpiece hands, masterpiece uh wrists, <laughs> masterpiece feet, masterpiece armpits, you know, masterpiece bellies. Everything about myself and my partners are all masterpieces to me, including our bodies, even the sex. So I've, I have a fetish for everything about all the bodies and the body parts of my partners, even the sex, but there's no fetishization going on. So I have a fetish for the entire body of myself and my partners because their entire body and my entire body, body, their entire bodies and my entire body are all masterpieces. And again, including the sex. Now, so yes, we... We embrace our unflattering positions in Tommy Rolls, too. We do. Four, they tell you what feels good. A body-positive partner will likely not be shy about communicating what feels good and what doesn't during sex since they love their body as a result know it well. I struggle with that. I wasn't always consistent with it due to sexual trauma. Now I'm consistent with it every time. And my partners, they're consistent with it every time as well. Number five, their very their comments during sex are varied. It never feels fun for me when someone tells me how huge my tits are, or how hot I look when I'm going down on them. Body positive part will often take care not to bring that kind of awkward verbal attention to parts of your body you're a bit self-conscious of and will stay away from comments they know make you feel a little gross. That's very true. Now, personally for me, I don't mind as a part of my body positivity sex, them talking about how huge or how hot I look and am whenever we're doing anything sexual together because that actually helps me with my body image and sex sexuality. And I also want to talk about this. 
I'm not self-conscious of anything about my body anymore. I used to feel bad about being hairy, but I don't. I take care of myself. I groom myself well, so... I'm, I'm enjoying every part of my body, and I'm not allowing other people to shame me about that anymore. Okay. It says, It's important during sex and in leading a body positive life in general to not compliment based solely on appearance. Personally, I meet vaguer compliments like you're so beautiful, more understanding than others. I think people should compliment each other more in terms of personality and temperament and less about looks and, you know, sex appeal, even though I like compliments about my looks and sex appeal, as long as it's not degrading. And But I think lovers on camera, off camera, should compliment each other in terms of personality and temperament because I think that's hotter for not just, you know, the mutual humanity, but this ex. So yes, my you know my partners and I comments during sex are varied, and we do tell each other what feels good, for sure. Okay. Number six, they're not afraid of queefing or farting. Sex is messy and weird, and when you're relaxed enough or receiving sufficient pleasure, if you ate a big burrito that day, you might fart or queef maybe even multiple times during sex. Hey, it happens. Our bodies make sounds in secret fluid and secrete fluids, especially during intimacy. Personally, I get very self-conscious during sex if I queef with my current partner. This is the author. But my current partner, who is completely comfortable with the noises their own body makes, shrugs it off, never skipping a beat. Their seeming disregard for what I feel is a super with their see their seeming disregard for what I feel is a super embarrassing moment helps me relax and enjoying what we're doing rather than worrying about the noises my vagina is making. So the author is a woman. Um, that used to be embarrassing for me in the past, but because we're so into each other. We just kept going, and now I look back on it when it comes to sex I have now. I like messy, weird sexes. I like sound-making, noise-making, secrete-fluid sound-making um, sex. I'm not self-conscious about it at all anymore. I love the queefing and the farting because it makes me more attracted to my partner. Like, wow, we're having real human sex. This is fucking awesome. Pun intended. And I do love genital noise making sex too. Ah, oh, it's so hot to me. So yes, my partners and I were not afraid of queefing or farting. Number seven, they're down to try new things. As a sexually adventurous and kinky individual, me and the author have something in common. It's important for me to have a partner who's willing to explore new territory with me, whether it be through sex toys, role-playing, or simply a new position. Again, the author and I have other things in common now. Their willingness to try new things with you without concern over how it may look or sound demonstrates a comfort in their own body and skin, which is essential in exploring new physical sexual territory. What she says I'm already applying to my sex life. And, um... I'm thankful that I, every partner I've had in the past were, try, were down to try new things. Of course, I felt at first, would it diminish what we have? It didn't. But um, now, I'm really into trying new things. So yes, my partners and I, we do try new things. Number eight, they don't press you to alter your body. Pat, you know, this is the person's experience. Um, 
the author's experience. Past lovers have told me time and time again to shave my legs and often jumped away from my furry armpits as though they were spiders. Having a partner who doesn't try to influence the way you maintain your body, respects your choices, and appreciates the beauty of your body as it makes a huge difference. I was thankful I never really had that experience much. I never really had to deal with that much. Um, Because I've always been, you know, well-groomed and always kept myself physically in shape, I never really had to deal with that in terms of my looks. I can't think of a time when that happened to me. Um, I think the only thing they wanted my body to be altered was... I want you to rock my world more and more. The sex is so good. Keep doing this. That's the only thing they wanted altered. Um, I've always shaved my nails and stuff like that. So I never had I never had partners that made me feel like, oh my God, I got to completely change my whole body to please them. I was thankful even to miss the sexual trauma impacting the sex. I didn't have a part that made me feel like, oh God, what the hell? Because I was always taking care of myself. So I was fortunate in that regard um, to not have to deal with that. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, my partners and I, we don't pressure each other to alter each other's bodies. Number nine, they worship every part of your body. Then the author says, although I still sometimes struggle with loving parts of my body like my belly, I appreciate when there is a sexual and slash or loving physical attention placed on these areas during sex. As I lean closer and closer to a body positive attitude about these parts of myself, I begin to love the way my partner takes time to kiss, bite, and lick my belly as they do with my neck and thighs. Ooh, I love that shit. Your body positive partner will know that your jiggle belly and your double chin deserve just as much love as the rest of you. In the past, I had the experience of they worship every part of my body because I worship every part of their body. Now my partners and I, we worship every part of each other's bodies. And... There's some times where I look at my hair like, oh my God, but now I'm like, hmm, let me correct that. I love my hair. My hair is for the right people, not just myself. I'm the right person to myself. Let me make sure I'm not missing out on anything. Going down on each other, that is awesome. That's what I personally do with my partners. It's so amazing. Um, Tasting the tummies and the chests. That's what I love to do. Loose boobs or stomach. Mmm, tasty like a loose pecs. Yum. Uh, 
Yep, witnessing all the hot hot activities um, outstanding to me. Um, Okay, number 10. They feel themselves figuratively and literally. When my partner makes cocky proclamations like, oh, you like that, don't you? Regarding parts of their body, it's an unbelievable turn on for me. It is for me too. Yes, healthy cockiness makes me hot. It's easy to have body positive sex when your partner's so clearly feeling themselves. Yes, personal experience for me, that's true. And speaking of feeling yourself, if your partner masturbates in front of you during sex, which I think I, I love that, you know they are not feeling self-conscious about their body in the slightest. Yeah, my partners and I, we feel ourselves and each other figuratively and literally. That's number 11. They don't make you feel weird about your limits. Generally, adequate partners respect your boundaries and your limits, so body-positive partners won't make you feel guilty about said limits, even subtly. My current partner and I do not have vaginal sex thanks to my complications with vaginismus and sexual trauma. Ooh, ooh, that's something that I'm very sensitive um, to. Yeah, because I know um, I, I've awakened myself up to the understanding that people have different sexual conditions due to things that um, can cause those said issues. And um, I don't mind being creative sexually with my partners when it comes to the right ways to have sex with each other that doesn't harm each other's conditions and um, those kind of things my partners can share with me you know and that wouldn't be an issue some of my partners I remember we had to have different ways of sex because of conditions like that some of them so we relied on anal and oral and they were fine with that Um, then she's the author says however they have never once pressured me about it or specifically request penetration. Yeah, I was never that type of lover either. And I'll never be that type of lover. Um, that's real. She's right. You know. And then she says, at the end of the day, your partner should respect your own journey with body positivity and will hold you or your body to any standards of sex you don't want to be held to. So my partners and I, we don't make each other feel weird about our limits. We honor each other's boundaries. We don't make each other feel guilty about set limits, not even subtly. We don't pressure each other specifically request anything sexual that is obvious would be disrespectful to either of us. And we respect each other's journeys with body positive, including our own. We don't hold each other or our bodies to any standards of sex we don't want to be held to. That would That is just senseless. And... Um, you know, senseless standards, and we don't need to be held to senseless standards about our bodies and sex, anyone. Um, I know when my partners and I, most of, you know, 
most of the sex I have and had and will continue to have does include vaginal sex, but I'm sensitive to sexual trauma, vaginismus, and any other sexual complications. So I'm a very sensitive lover on and off camera, too. So yes, me and my partners and I, we have whole body sex, whole soul sex. We have whole body positive sex. We have whole soul positive sex as well. Okay. There's more to definitely be shared. It says, this is Kiki Wellington, November 11, 2021. Nine ways listening benefits your relationship and sex life. Open your ears, your partner will thank you. We know that communication is the bedrock of any good relationship, which I agree with, which I experience. But when we think about communication, our concern is usually what we say to our partners. But we should also think about how well we listen to our partners. Good listening skills are also needed to have constructive conversations that help us solve problems and make our relationship stronger. Whether, we, whether we're having issues related to sex or any other area of our relationship. The following are nine good reasons to sharpen your listening skills so you can improve your sex life and overall relationships. Absolutely. Listening shows you care. Although we have heavily focused on our verbal communication to express our feelings, according to marriage and family psychotherapist Sharon Gilcrest, O'Neill author of A Short Guide to a Happy Marriage, The Essentials for Long-Lasting Togetherness, really listening to your partners is an, is an important way to show that you care about them and what they have to say. I'm that way in terms of my casual relationships and my non-casual relationships. You know, like friendships, family relationships. In the future, you know, on-camera relationships. And every other relationship I have, you know. Sex life or non-sex life, that's just how I roll. And then it's, and it says, when we feel truly hurt in discussion and in an argument and decision-making with our partner, we're more likely to engage in caring, loving habits towards our partner. There's a lot. I don't, I'm not an arguer. I'm really not a debater either. Um, my partners understand that and they're usually not that type of way either but we do have each other feel truly hurting in our discussions and um, we engage in caring loving habits towards each other as well on, on and off camera too and then she says we're not using energy to try and get attention energy that is better used for example in having sex during household chores she said wow that's my reality Ultimately, partners need to be listened to and keeping away from resentments forming and silence taking over. Absolutely. I apply that well. Then she says, listening increases trust in a relationship. The more we listen to our partners, the more we understand them. The more we understand them, the more information they'll be willing to tell us and the closer the relationship will become. As a result, listening can build the trust we need to strengthen our emotional and sexual bonds with our partners. Yes. What she's saying, I'm already applying well. I'll be saying that a lot. And then Michael Kaplan says, people sometimes want to go into fix-it mode or suggestion mode. Sometimes partners just want to be heard. I apply that well. When we truly listen to our partners with presence, it creates trust and safety. Sex is very intimate, feeling safe, and having trust in your partner is incredibly important in the bedroom. No other sexual settings, especially when it comes to sharing sexual desires or sexual needs or sharing something they might be afraid to share, said sex relationship coach Azaria Menezes. 
I apply all these things perfectly. Creating a safe and trusting space for your partner to share me truly heard can create a much deeper intimacy. I apply all that perfectly. Listening helps you grow closer as you disclose information to your partner. To your partners, if they express that they understand and support you, helps your relationship become closer. Good listening skills are an integral part of this growth process. I apply that well. Listening can improve a couple's connection, creating a safe space for conflict. Disagreement, appreciation, validation. I apply that well. And it apply. you know, I'm a casual person. So our connection, creating a safe space for conflict, disagreement, appreciation, validation. In terms of listening, listening doesn't prove all those things for us because I'm a non-monogamous type of person. And then it says, when we can trust that our partner is actually listening to us and not, and not about to judge what we say, we're more likely to talk about what's on our minds, the good things and the bad things and the in-between things and license and the indifferent things. And said licensed therapist Heather Raschow, LMHC, who's a writer for Choosing Therapy. I love Choosing Therapy. Mm. And what Heather's saying, I'm plying well. When we can trust the safe space with our partners, we're more likely to want to spend time with them, to connect with them in other ways than just talking, which is my reality. We can enjoy our partners' company without feeling like we're walking on eggshells, which is my reality. Listening can lead to mutual satisfaction. No matter how close we are with our partners, we are not in a position to guess what they want in bed or any other sexual setting all the time. If we're listening to what they tell us about their desires and needs. We don't have to play mind reader. That, ooh... Ooh, those words are my reality. John Kenny says, When listening is done well, both partners can, and all partners involved, hey, group sex, can feel that they have gained some things from the others. And it creates a feeling of, of win-win situations. Yeah. That's for me. That's, that's, what, that's how I live. Listening when partners are speaking their true feelings, wants, and desires in regards to sexuality and just in general opens the door to mutual understandings of what it'll take for each person to reach their peak intimacy, said intimacy coach Roy Sanchez. It completely eliminates the wondering factor of are they really into what I'm doing and saying and thinking and feeling? More importantly, it also allows for sex, full sexual exploration, which helps eliminate the dread, dreaded same boring ass sex as always. It, it also eliminates the feeling of, oh, I hate this shit. I don't like this shit at all. This is all fucked up. The sucking is fucked up. The fucking is fucked up. God damn. Why the hell did I put myself in this motherfucking situation to fucking begin with? Mmm. All these words, I apply perfectly. Mm. Listening prevents miscommunications. When you have the courage to disclose your emotions to your partner, partners, it could be horrible to find out that they have not interpreted what you said in the way you meant it. One way to prevent these kinds of problems and ensure that you're really heard when it's time to work together as a team is for all partners involved to make sure they're really listening to each other. I apply those words well. If you take those turns listening to one another in conversations and exercise patience with one another, with each other, it can allow for 
better communication when making important decisions together further down the road, said relationship and dating expert Lauren Peacock. Author female likes cheese, comes with dogs, stories about divorce, dating, and saying I do. Mm. Those words, those words, those words are the words of my heart. Listening helps you respond in the best way. Oftentimes people don't listen to understand. They, they listen just enough to formulate their own responses to someone. You know, that's a sad truth because you also have some people who listen to attack, listen to respond, looking to get offended, creating fake fights, creating reasons to create fake feuds. Those are all bullshits. But according to relationship coach John Kenny, to respond appropriately to what your partners are saying, you need to really actively listen. Sharon Gilcrest O'Neill says, when we truly, when we feel truly hurt in a discussion, an argument, and decision making with our partner, we're likely engaging, caring, loving habits towards our partner. That's true for me. The arguing part, I don't feel the need to raise my voice to anybody I decided to be intimate with, and just in general. Um. Okay, everyone likes to be heard, and by listening to one another, we feel that the other person is, other people are placing importance on what we say. This enables people to be less defensive and more open, leading to a deeper connection and closeness. You're sure what the other people have meant to say and can respond appropriately, Kenny said. There'll be less conflict and more cooperation as listening to one another saves on confusion, frustration, and defensive behaviors. It shows a level of respect which is an under-talked-about problem for relationships and key to a healthy one. When listening is done well, all partners involved can feel that they have gained something from the others, and it creates a feeling of of win-win situations. Those words I apply perfectly. Listening can help you be a supportive partner. Sometimes people want advice. Sometimes people just want to vent their frustrations. Listening allows you to tell the difference so you can give your partner the support they need in each moment. Being a good listener can provide encouragement and stronger communication. People sometimes want to go into fix or suggestion suggestion mode and sometimes partners just want to be heard, said Mindy Kaplan, founder of Mailroom. A combination of listening and asking questions can help someone vent and move through it versus jumping into solving it. It could also help you understand your partners better and show up in the best way for them. I apply these words well. Listening creates a new level of sexual support. By listening to your partners, you're creating an environment where everyone feels supported both emotionally and sexually. This could help you give your partners what they need based on how they're feeling in the moment. Rose Sanchez says, Listening when a partner is speaking their true feelings, wants, and desires in regards to their sexuality and just in general opens the doors to mutual understanding of what it'll take for each person to reach their peak intimacy. When you listen to your partners, it helps you gauge what they, where they are emotionally, says Menezes. For instance, listening to your partner can show you what kind of emotional state they're in. Let's say you were planning on having sex the night, that night and they had a really stressful day. By listening and being able to read their emotional state, you could create a supportive environment for them to relax into and check in with them whenever they are a full yes for sex tonight. Or you could offer something that could feel more relaxed before sex with massages. Ooh, by the way, I love, I want to do the erotic massages, hot saunas, masseuses, and, you know, massage therapist porn, category porn genre, right? Okay, and all these words I apply perfectly. Listening helps add a sense 
apply to your sex life when you're in the bedroom or any other sexual settings. It's important to have an element of play with your passion. According to Mejuin White, Certified Clinical Sexologist, Director of Education for Satisfier, you can combine listening to your partner's desires for sex toys to add this level of fun to your sex life. Sometimes central toys and sex tech, ooh, which I love, invite a new dimension of listening by adding new sensory information, said White. They can actually be an amazing communication tool by inviting you and your partners to explore new erotic zones and experience stimulation you may not be accustomed to while offering a medium through which you can express verbally and non-verbally. They also give us a fabulous reason to have conversations around pleasure it can serve as a bridge to inviting our hidden desires and hidden needs to the surface. Wow. In the past, um, I didn't always have this consistently. I never had, you know, heartless partners. It just wasn't always consistent with all these nine ways of, you know, treating each other. Um, We were never super disrespectful to the point of hatred or dislike. It was more of we did it enough where we still liked each other. It just, we could have, but it could have been done more. But we both had our own traumas and and uh, trauma complexes that got in the way. But I was fortunate that I never had a partner that I couldn't stand. Um, some people don't have that. And I don't make fun of that at all. I'm sensitive to that as well. Okay. I'll do this uh, last article. It says focus on her, but I'm going to say focus on them. Focus on them. Why listening is the most important part of sex. I don't want to make sex heteronormative, heterosexist like a lot of people do. When it comes to sex advice, the usual talk is all about some epic quote-unquote move, some contorted position, or even just having a huge dick or a having a quote-unquote tight pussy or loose pussy, as they say. In reality, the real thing you need is the ability to listen during sex. They might say, oh, you gotta be super buff or you gotta look like how they look like in the movies and television, which is most people don't really look like that. Very few actually do. Very few people have sex the way they do in the television and movies. Um, listening during sex. Listening during sex? At first, when some people hear that, they think, that sounds dumb. That's some dumb ass shit. Woo, da, da, da. Let me correct those people. Jeez, I was hoping for a little warmer of a response, but I hear you. Listening during sex for many people sounds weird and sounds like a lot, sounds like a hell of a lot of work. It is neither. You see, sex is cause and effect. You do something that they like and they respond in positive ways. Do something that they don't like, doesn't like, and they don't respond, doesn't respond. Or if it's something they really don't like, doesn't like, maybe they'll respond negatively. Usually they will. Ignore ignore it. You know... 
The single most important thing you can do during sex is to hone in on these responses. Think of your partner. Think of your partners as your roadmap. If you drove across the country, would you just stomp on the gas pedal and go in the direction that you felt was correct, or would you occasionally look at your GPS or map to make sure? Ignore doing the latter, and you risk ending up lost in the middle of nowhere and having to pull off the highway and stay the night in a sketchy motel, which you are inevitably murdered. Mm, extreme, but. Heart truths have some extremism. You know, don't ignore these signs at your own peril. Just don't. Don't ignore these signs at their own perils either. Just don't. And it says an overstatement perhaps, but this analogy rings true for your sex life. Ignore the signs they are giving you and you run the risk of them just waiting for the whole thing to be over. Soul crushing for all involved. That's true. Because you have some people who come to sex, bump on the log. Get the fuck off me. Get your ass off me. Stay the hell away from me. You can't throw down. You can't even go down on me. Ooh. And we try to, you know, go downtown. You're a choke artist. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. That, I wouldn't have any words for that. I would be speechless and devastated and horrified. It would take the words out of my vocabulary if that happened to me. Which I'm thankful didn't happen to me when it comes to my, my sex life history. Then it says, how to listen during sex. All right, so we established that failing to listen can have dire consequences, but... Where do you start? Do you just have them fill out a questionnaire or something? First off, no. Hey, if y'all want to do the questionnaire survey thing with each other, and if that helps y'all, do it. Secondly, just put your focus on them. Tune in to them and their bodies. Again, sex is cause and effect. You pinch and they say ouch, except that you're not pinching and you hope that they're saying the opposite of ouch unless you two are more than you two group sex are into that into that kind of things the key there is to pay attention to them and their bodies when you do something whether it's a position a change in speed pressure death etc what do they do do they turn into you does their bodies relax is their breathing getting more rapid but not to the point of heart attacky are they saying heinous and unrepeatable things if so then well heinous and unrepeatable that's basically tongue-in-cheek for that dirty talk being very explicit but it's not disrespectful if so then good work you're on the right track follow this path a little longer and see where it leads absolutely Ease on down the road when it comes to sex. That's my commentary. Conversely, are their muscles tightening up, exception being orgasm? Are they suddenly turning away from you or squirming? Have they gone kind of quiet? Do their vocals feel more like a performance performances than genuine pleasure? These are signs that you wander off the path. Try something's new. Here's the thing though. If they like you, chances are that the signs of lack of pleasure will be difficult to read. 
You see, they might be trying to mask those signs to make you feel like everything is great. That makes listening during sex even more crucial because you're going to have to read between the lines and tell if they're really getting something out of this or if they're just kind of humoring you. That's why I believe in having... No, not believe. I'm say, that's why I know that every type of sex should be fully honest, fully transparent, fully accountable, fully responsible, fully integrous, fully substantive, fully effective, fully noble character sex. Sex should be fully truthful, fully direct, fully blunt. Um, let them take control for a bit. This is generally a good idea anyway, but especially if you're having trouble figuring out what they want. Let them get on top and let them just freaking fucking show you. Freaking, pun intended. While on top, they can control the depth, angle, and speed, and they'll do whatever, and they'll do what feels good best for them. Pay attention to these things to get a sense of what they like. When you're in control again, experiment with that same thing now that you have a better idea of what they want. Or just ride out this position and see where it leads. Sometimes with sex, you have to um, give and take in terms of trying to read some sexual social cues. Or sometimes you have to go with the flow of sex, the flowetry of sex. And you learn, grow, and evolve as you develop. You learn and grow and evolve as you give and take sexually. Because as a lover, you should always be learning, growing, and evolving. No perfectionism, though. You need sexual gratitude, sexual humility. Then it says, this is the last part of the article. Make pleasing them something that pleases you. Sex is a game. And oftentimes people play it wrong. Instead of focusing on ways to make you feel good, focus on ways to make them feel good. You'll find that this level of selflessness is not only heroic, but also gives you an entirely new kind of pleasure that maybe you didn't realize existed before. There's an old adage that it's better to give than receive. I'm pretty sure that's about gifting, but it applies to sex too. Receiving pleasure is awesome, certainly not to be discounted, but giving just go into your next encounters with this mindset and see what the fuck happens. So... Sex should be, pe- sex should be, where I have 100% self pleasure, and more importantly, I experience 100% pleasuring of others, all parties involved. And um, all these things I apply perfectly. And this is the beautiful start of my one-month break from talking about sex. I got everything the fuck out. And so this ends this motherfucking episode. God damn it.